Yes. Hello everyone. HTLA back here. RAS reinvent African systems. Um, if any of you recognizes some changes this episode, that's because uh, there has been a few reshuffles in the system. So you might experience a few, especially those who are subscribed. You might just have to subscribe again. I'm sorry about that. But we'll go through it. Uh, it, had to, it had to be done. I had to do it. It was um, necessary. But hello, everyone. Welcome back this week. Uh, this is going to be another short episode. So it's basically going to be the reviews that you guys sent in. And I must appreciate whoever sent in. It was a lot. I must appreciate everyone. Um, but I will apologize for not going to include each and everything. I will, I will only... I've selected randomly, of course. I've selected a few... Um, a few voices and a few, you know, emails which I'm going to read out and then the voices which I'm going to fix in this episode. And then, because for the interest of time and the length of the episode, on the, of the episode I'm going to be squeezing a few more voice notes and your feedback in the following, in the following, you know, episodes, if they are appropriate with the episode, of course. So, but thank you guys for reaching out. Thank you guys for reaching in. I really appreciate that. Anyway, so let's get into it. Uh, this week, uh, I'm basically going to start with uh, the emails. So I'm going to read uh, two, I think. Yeah, because one is pretty long. So mm, I'll make it two. Yeah, I'll make it two. Uh, so uh, I begin with Mosh. This Mosh, he says uh, he is a, a student at Kampala International University and he's majoring in uh, computer science. Mm, hello, Mosh. I know you guys are listening in. Uh, so Mosh basically talks about uh, school. He talks about reasons why he thinks school uh, his message is quite too long, so I tried to break it, break it down. And in short, Mosh says uh, the reason why school students are still poor is because they focus so much on finishing one semester. I think he basically meant whoever is at campus. So students, especially those at colleges, are still so poor because... They focus so much on finishing a semester, even if they do not have anything in their pockets, but as long as the semester is done, now they will start hustling for the next. So at the end of the day, they do not focus on making uh, a source, creating a source of income that can sustain them for the entire semester, for the entire course, and even after school. Basically, that's what Mosh had to say. His message was quite a complicated one. But I tried to break it down like that. So, um, and then another email came in from uh, Nicole. This is Nicole. And how are you, Nicole? I know you're listening in as well. Uh, Nicole says... Nicole, where you had P. 
pinned it somewhere. Yes, Nicole is a population science student at the University of Dar es Salaam from Tanzania. How are you, Nicole? Uh, how is Tanzania? That's her neighbor. So she says in quite uh, a good, long, detailed email, she says, quote, I think poverty has surpassed its limits in Africa because of administration of policies on occasions where people I'm relating, sorry, on occasions where the people I'm relating this to your view on as far as productivity is concerned, where people are suffering high levels of poverty and are dying of hunger, the question arises as to whether their seasonal produce is adequate or whether the produce is below average. In such instances, the produce is below. In such, in, in such instances where the produce is below or above average depends on whether the government or the economy has recorded a reduction or an increase in the production rates. In many cases in African countries, except a few instances in the previous pandemic, the economies have always recorded a constant growth and increase in production rates. This eliminates the fact that people are starving because they don't produce enough. It then means that the policies governing production and distribution are the reasons why these people are starving and not benefiting from their produce. On scale, the economies, governments to be particular, have to regulate how much of the food produced goes out and how much of the produce of the produce stays in the country to sustain the population. In which case, if there is a lot of food going out of the country than staying in the, in the country, people, like you said, will lack on what to eat as food will only be left in the markets where people will only have to buy, have to purchase it, sorry. Too many people purchasing food from markets will increase the demand and hence the prices of the same foods. At this point, the government cannot do anything about it. People will use all their savings to buy the food they grew themselves. People will buy food until the season summits and their crops are yielding again. And then the process begins again and again and again. In this process, people are will never, people will never grow f people will ne in this process, people will never grow rich nor will get rid of hunger for good. They both will always be around in the middle and the end of, this, of every season. That keeps them in poverty. Then on another account, industrialization also procures the system in some way. If the food and the products grown, now in, the, now in this case, it tackles poverty. Sorry, let me repeat that. Then on another account, Industrialization also procures the system in some way. If the food and crops grown, now in this case it tackles poverty. If the foods, if the crops grown are not processed in the industries and brought back to the markets in different forms and products, it means the trade rotates around the crop produce, which the whole population actually have. It means there, there will be trade dormancy in this case, which keeps people on which keeps people poor. And in instances like a, and in instances like aforementioned, it means the population relies so much in the products imported from outside countries and continent, which 
in outside, I think she meant outside ca- countries and continents, which always have a high tax. Let me repeat that as well. And in instances like aforementioned, it means the population relies so much in the products imported from outside countries and contents, which always have a high tax imposed on them, and which means they will be expensive. Here in Tanzania, for example, people are left to trade on expensive products from outside, which spares them very little profits and so keep them poor and non-developing. I'm aware that there are a lot of other reasons why people are still struggling in poverty and are vulnerable to hunger and famine in Africa and in my country, Tanzania. But in a nutshell, I personally think that poor and poor, poor, she wrote this in uh, capital letters, I think that's for emphasis. In a nutshell, I personally think that poor regulation on food production and distribution and poor implementation on food modernization and industrializations are the reasons why people are still too poor and are dying of hunger in Africa. And this is also in capital letters, the rest. And unless these issues are addressed, this will continue to happen. Regards to the listeners, Nicole from Tanzania. Thank you. Wow, that was... uh, that was quite a good one. I think to... Uh, yeah, had everyone. So I'll go to... So from Nicole's perspective, industrialization, uh, modernization of uh, production processes, and regulation of foods are uh, the reasons why p- people are still poor. And then there is uh, Min. This is my friend. Uh, Min, you're also listening in. She's from UK. She asked, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Mm-hmm. Mean asked whether, Sorry. Okay, I think I've got mean. She had to ask, uh, does the states in Africa provide subsidies, subsidies to poor households, especially those which are still struggling in village? So that was her question. And I replied to her, no, not at all. And under what circumstances could such provision from the government be provided? And how does such a system work? That's what I asked her. Uh, And she replies, uh, she replies, yeah, she replies, governments on their spare profits um, regularly provide money to poor homes and shelters which are still in the villages and those which are in towns and still can't make it. I think her whole point was focused on uh, raising up the poor class. So the government provides for, it is the government's duty to provide for those who are actually incapable of providing for themselves. She has to mention that 
every government has pay a profit. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I think it's money after the budget. Uh, that, you know, money which has not been unbudgeted for and is actually waiting for any instance to come up and then tackled, it tackles it. So yeah, that's have you. The government should provide for the poorest families in the villages and those in towns which can't make it. And then, if else, uh, set up set up, you know, shelters where the poorest people can reside and get protection from the government, food protection of course, hunger, and then that way the, man, the government can manage them because they know the number, they know how many people they are, so they will budget for them and in the process they will, they will take care of them, then they will set up some school for them, maybe they can you know, there are schools on shelters, around shelters and, and stuff like that. That's her whole point. Uh, let's now dive into the voice notes. Uh, I think I'll, I'll get you, I'll get back to you guys after the voice notes. So I can't talk about the whole of Africa because I don't have that much statistics and stuff. But speaking of Uganda in particular, Uganda is basically 75% composed of youths and young people. And I think poverty is basically increasing because we, the youth, are not trying as hard as we should be to work our asses off. Because yesterday I was talking to someone and he told me he was in a certain village circle, they were doing some savings and at the end of the period they were supposed to share the profits these other people told him he was not supposed to have that much money because he was still young so they have they have this mentality of young people shouldn't have much money so we have been brought up in that way in that we don't think we should have money, we don't think we should be rich, we don't think we should be wealthy at a young age. So that's why we are not working, that's why we are spending too much on the looks and uh, whatsoever dire, what's Instagram, the photos, shit like that because we think we think cloud is better than um, I don't know, sustainability in, in terms of um wealth and stuff so I think we are basically not I, I, I think we are basically getting poor and poorer because of the western influence because we have been exposed to these televisions and stuff on the internet we are youth the other side are living uh, the American dream and we want to live the American dream in Uganda and it's total trash I think that's that's the reason why we are still poor because the young generation is the dominant generation and that dominant generation does not care to work This is Jenny. Upon your assignment uh, of um, the causes of increasing cases of hunger and poverty in Africa or Uganda, um, well, I have some of them on my list, and uh, if I'm outlining one, is uh, 
poor government, as in corruption, the rampant corruption all over the country or Africa-wide. Uh, the other issue is poor mechanization of poor farming methods upon the Ugandans or Africans at large. The other one is um, poor sensitization of people. People are not well sensitized. And I will start with the poor government. Of course, the government of Uganda corruption is at its highest rate. It's of recent that the president himself attributed or accustomed the corrupt leaders to keep on swindling that money for the people who are poor. He sees that once they use that money for their own benefits, they will construct hotels, big hotels, they will construct good bars, they will construct, they will invest that money in some other big, big investments, which will rip them more money than what they have put in, of which that's okay, but they have not considered the poor Ugandans. What is this Muntuwa 1C going to do about the hunger, the empty stomachs they have slept on without expectation of any of some other food they are going to be fed on the next day? It's so ridiculous and unreasonable that these people are supporting directly corruption in our country. Very upset, very upset. And, uh, the anti-government corruption units are themselves the highest corrupt. These people will never, will never in a single day refuse to accept a bribe from anyone. The courts themselves, Jesus Christ, it's a lot talk about corruption. It's a lot, it's a lot talk about corruption in Uganda. And uh, we have a long, long way to go fight this corruption, to sensitize people about corruption. You know, a corrupt mind can sting a corrupt society, and everyone is corrupt. Where are we going? Now, another factor would be poor farming methods. Well, I believe most of the farmers in Uganda uh, practice farming on a small scale. And these who practice farming on a larger scale are some, some people who are well off. But I believe there are some good, good farming methods that can reap, help the farmers reap more than what they sow. You understand? Uh, talk about uh, you can hire a tractor, not practically buying it. You can hire a tractor. You can uh, hire land not practically buying it, practice large-scale farming, and trust me, there are good, good quantity that is going, some some quite, some good, good quantity that you're going to reap. They are going to reap. Um, and then other factor I will talk about is poor climate. The climate in Africa is unreliable. That people believe that at this moment they will be right, they, they will be harvesting. But unfortunately, 
the sun soches their crops to the ground, to the core, and uh, it's so hard to harvest. They, they end up facing a lot of losses. And sometimes the rain is over the... Sometimes the rain is uh, over... It's too much. It destroys all the crops. So literally, the climate is unreliable in Africa. Very unreliable. There are crops in Africa that need long time to be harvested, such as cash crops, main cash crops like cocoa. You know those 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 crops that need to wait, need to wait for long. They face climatic changes that destroy them along the way, hence causing a lot of losses. And this brings about a lot of poverty, and people sleep hungry, you know. Um, cases of wars, cases of wars. Take a look at Somalia. People are hungry, people are dying of hunger. You know, the government is not siding with the rebels. Rebels will never sit down on the table with the government. And uh, People are hungry for power as well, causing a lot of wars. The military itself, it does not justify that people have to live in the country, even though they are around. It just uses its force, and of which power belongs to people, you know? So, causing a lot of conflicts in the country, uncertainty. No one will sit and uh, carry out a very long-lasting business when the firearms are all over the space, you know? And this brings a lot of poverty, a lot of poverty in people. Another thing, let me see. The increasing uh, prices of goods and commodities, you know? We trans, we, we import, we import things from outside countries. And trust me, these things have transport costs of which they will hike the prices once they reach in this country. So people are, are buying stuff which is of high prices, not of the factory price, you know? This leaves, this leaves their pockets hungry, their pockets, their pockets empty, you know? And poverty arises all over and over again. So, corruption in government, poor farming methods, poor climatic changes, increasing prices in commodities just because we cannot, we cannot, we cannot produce our own commodities in factories, you know? This all leads to poverty, it leads to hunger. It leads to poor standards of living. People are dying. The wars Africa. I'm here to talk about why well, famine and hunger spreading really very fast in Africa. So in this case, uh, hunger and famine crisis are escalating at several hotspots mostly in four countries, to three in Africa and one in the Middle East. I'm sorry to go in the Middle East, but then some of them countries that have been hit by famine, talking about poverty as well. We have Nigeria, we have Somalia, we have South Sudan, we have Yemen, and 
among these countries I've mentioned, we have Somalia that is a war-torn country in that the UPDF, that is the Uganda People's Defense Force, is still there trying to keep, uh, promote peace and, you know, eradicate all those insecurities in Somalia. So largely this has hindered trade and hindering trade. Uh, it has led to economical bankruptcy in the country. So this is where we find uh, uh, the trading is kind is kind of lagging behind. We have high rate of inflation. Uh, mentioned by a few. So that's Somalia we're talking about. Unemployment. So this has led to poverty and has also led to hunger. Because obviously, lack of jobs, uh, that is unemployment. People want to be working and... Uh, so it means the earnings or total earnings are going to be too, too low. So this is where you will find a family, mostly uh, extended families. You find maybe they they depend or rely on uh, a certain member of family who has been working and eventually now is not working because of the war. Uh, he's not employed and the highest percentage within that family are not employed. So you'll find, the, you'll find it you'll find that it will be too hard for that person to provide all the necessities, talking about food, and this will lead to poverty as well, hunger. And then we have Nigeria, like the tailor that has unleashed by the Boko Haram militants. So it has led to a mass exodus in eastern Nigeria, where the Nigerian army has tried its best and yeah, by 2016, it uh, recaptured the area. But then, the scale of the refugee and hunger crisis became apparent. So this is where we talk about uh, still it's written to us. So the higher number of refugees and the higher, actually it's this way, the higher number of wars, it will lead to higher number of refugees in some countries. Those people are always this misplaced you know, like this priest. Uh, so Uganda has been, has been one of the countries that has welcomed most of the refugees. And you know what means being a refugee? It means it will increase on the number of foreign population within the country. Already the population in Uganda is multiplying. So this means that uh, when the population multiplies and foreign population also multiplies, it means that the jobs will be few to uh, to employ all those members. Because eventually, you will find that these refugees no longer want to stay in their refugee camp- camps, and you find them trying to move away, coming these sides um, downtown to seek for jobs, to seek for employment. And now this brings about the competition between the local population and the foreign population. And by so, it will result into hunger. It will result into poverty as the jobs will have to be shared among the population. And also talk about corruption, high rate of corruption within African countries. Like we have the most (laughs) corrupt leaders in Africa, I'm sorry to say. Most of African countries have been affected by corruption, and by doing so, corruption is where you find the funds 
that are supposed to be helping people and living a greater being invisible done by the high higher people people who own top offices high ranking officers in the army you find that this in the other way in or in this way has really led to increased poverty within african countries so tell me like in uganda for, for instance we have the emyogamani but this man has already been embezzled so you talk about it you find this emyogamani was supposed to help the youth to start up businesses or to uh, pull up the youth so that they can also start up small scale businesses and earn a living but eventually it has been embezzled so what do you expect what do you expect so the man has been embezzled and what does it lead to an employment of the youth and we know that most of african countries are dominated by uh, uh, the population is dominated by the youth who are unemployed so this will greater lead to poverty as you know because these are not employed so we'll find them relying back to their parents to their grannies who are already out of age who have retired who have little money that is supposed to be helping them during their retirement age but now they have to share it with the youth with their children that they have produced because of embezzlement corruption if i'm talk about causes of hunger and poverty in Africa I can really record for the for almost three hours talking about because there are a lot of problems there are a lot of causes I beg to stop here for the sake of uh, sake of recording something short that can easily be listened to with interest I stay as Misko I'm sorry <laughs> I stay as Mr. Cold. <laughs> the other thing is we haven't been exposed to wealth knowledge as in we haven't been shown the way of getting rich. See, we have we have all these resources. We are the most informed generation, but then we are not using these resources. We have the internet, we have the tube, we have um, we have many platforms with free courses and free content on the internet, free educative content that could help us build a fortune at a really young age. We have seen we have seen kids of 15 years, 20 years in the Western doing millions, making millions in less than five years, but because we choose to slay instead of renov- innovate and stuff using the internet, that's why we are still trapped in um, I don't know, that's why we are still poor, because we are using the information to make our friends feel like we have it all, yet in actual sense we are all struggling yet the other guys are using it to innovate they are using it to create their wealth, the thing is they are brought up with the mentality of you have to innovate, you have to get rich, you have to live a better life, you have to travel the world. And guess what we are brought up thinking? You have to go to the school, you have to get a job, you have to work. That's it. Someone goes to school and all they are thinking is go through the whole school system after campus, get a better job, settle down, get a wife. That's it. So I think that's why we are 
we are still poor in Uganda because we are training more employees than we are training than we are training entrepreneurs. We are training more employees than we are training innovators. We are training more servants than we are training masters. That's it. We should we should even fix our education system to create job creators, not job cre- not job seekers. Because face it, you like it or not, the future belongs to the innovative. The future belongs to the job creators, definitely not the job seekers. Because guess what, you ain't competing with anyone but a machine, which is ninety five percent more efficient than you are. So, yeah, I want to take this opportunity to talk about Uganda on the causes of poverty and hunger. Yes, first of all, I want to talk about education value. When we talk about Uganda, education value is where uh, I want to talk about on two parts. There are some people who are not educated totally in some regions which are like Kalamoja many people like 10% you find like 10% is where you find 10% are educated and the 90 are there grazing their cows in their domestic works and there is this section where you find even the other side of people who are educated have no jobs, have got no jobs. The majority of the youth in Uganda have uh, completed all level. And in Uganda for now, when you have an all level certificate, there is nowhere where you can hire a job. We have senior sixes and even university graduates who are having no jobs. That's one cause of poverty. That's one cause of poverty. Another thing, another thing I've discovered um, is corruption. Yes, corruption. When we talk about Uganda, Uganda is one of the best countries that do good budget for the nation. But unfortunately, the budget the budget doesn't reach to the doesn't reach to the local people to the community people what do i mean here many of the politicians we have in uganda have managed to to feed their stomach what do i mean to feed their stomach they have they have lived they have just lived our Uganda's motto, our nation's motto, forgotten, forgotten my country. They have forgot, and now they are, they are on this forgotten my stomach. Yes, you may find they they raise money for transport, they raise money to make load, to make roads, and you find, and you find the roads and the money. The roads have been the roads they built they have built and the, and the money in the budget doesn't figure or doesn't balance. Uh, another thing apart from corruption, there is also 
high fertility rate is also a cause of poverty in Uganda. Many people, all overpopulation, many people have managed to produce. You find a Ugandan having uh, 12 kids without job. Imagine having 12 kids without a job. Just You can just imagine, you can figure it out. Hmm? Yeah, you are in a nation where you find a ladies, uh, where you find a girl is, is having a baby at 13. Uh, you can even imagine like how will, how many uh, like how many kids will be uh, will she will she be with in the next in the next in the next 20 years that has also costed our country there are so many reasons and causes i can't list the, i can't listen them all but there's a few i can give i want to thank this so i want to take this opportunity to thank the author for bringing major reasons to out to the nation thank you all right the main issue as to why poverty is eating up the youth every single day it's because they undermine jobs why because for them they need quick money but you're not knowing that whatever job you attain in your hands you have to handle it fragile because that job can lead you to success can lead you to the dreams that you always dreamt about that is my opinion about it poverty is available because of replacement of human labor with machine. Machines have done most of the work. With the advancement of technology, machines have taken over most of the work which are, would have been employed, occupied by men. Hence, leaving them with no jobs in the due course, poor, automatically lacking what to eat also causing hunger in the same line uh yeah so basically i think that's it uh like i already told you guys the voices were kind of many so i'll be fixing a few more voices in the coming episodes so that's basically what i had for you today anyway those are good reviews i hope you guys enjoy and those who are still sending in please email htla.ras at outlook.com that's our email you can still send in your reviews and i am seeing more are coming so we'll be fixing them in the next episodes i'll make sure that each and every person who sent has to be heard that is ras reinventing african systems htla and africa we are coming for you. We are reinventing African systems here. We are reinventing how Africa looks. <clears throat> this is our continent. This is this is our continent, and it is so ours to put right. Where whenever something where where something is going wrong, and when something seems not to go right, so it is our continent to fix. It is our future we are protecting. It is also our future that we are projecting. So this is basically our, you know, uh, this is our responsibility 
we are the future especially youth and whoever is listening from whatever part of the of the world or africa you're listening in from this is basically us this is africa 54 sovereign states sovereign states yes i said it sovereign states so we are all independent we in as much as in as much as it looks like we might need everybody we little less need whoever is actually giving us support to sustain ourselves and so i'm saying at the end of the day this kind of you know dependence from western countries have you know laid a trap where africa is still you know like struggling to get out of and this podcast aims at actually helping the youth helping us helping and even elders the young children coming to you know to open their eyes open their mind on the systems of africa and how they work so that maybe when it is in your responsibility to handle you know what went wrong you know what our forefathers did, did wrong uh for example you know what happened before colonization we had wars and then we thought that these whites could come and solve our problems so we entrusted our own countries into their hands and then they made us slaves so we all now know that at least and then at least in this generation we all know that independence and living a free living in a free country led by a person who is a native not by an exotic you know um i shouldn't add more toxic words and i'm not saying that toxic words they are the truth that's it whoever has to be here on this i mean they have to face it but you can't go you can't come in africa and then you're not african and then start leading africans that's 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 not going to happen this is our continent these are our countries these are our resources these are our systems for us and they are for us to handle they are for us to take care of they are for us to look after they are for us to shape so that they benefit us not anyone else ah uh, so basically that's it i guess i'll catch you in the next one ciao